Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we dispel the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. And wow, today we are so going to do breastfeeding because I am going to have with me today my special guest, Lucia Jenkins. Lucia, welcome to the show. Well, hi, Marie. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm excited to be doing this with you. Oh, good, good. Well, you sound like a woman who has had a lot of excitement in your own life, so I'll just tell the guests a little bit about you. Lucia is an internationally board-certified lactation consultant and has been for 24 years. She's the founder and the executive director of Baby Cafe USA. She practices as a hospital-based IBCLC, caring for newborns, and she facilitates two baby cafes, troubleshooting infants and those older baby issues. She has a private lactation consultant practice in North, called North Shore Lactation, which serves the greater Boston area, and apparently in her spare time, <laughs> I'm thinking this woman... <laughs> Woman does a lot of stuff here. Uh, she lectures at lactation con- uh, conferences and various breastfeeding subjects. She serves on the board of the Massachusetts Lactation Consultant Association, and she's a member of the United States Breastfeeding Committee. Lucia absolutely delights in being the mother of five fully breastfed adult children, and she is now the grandmother of eight. Uh, Lucia, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you. Well, thank you again, Marie. It's lovely to be here. Well, I have to tell you just a little bit about my first introduction, I guess, to Baby Friendly, um, excuse me, to Baby Cafe USA. I was teaching a course in Dallas, Texas, and there was a woman who came in just a few minutes late. But anyway, at the break, she fell all over herself, apologizing and apologizing and apologizing. And I told her, these things happen. Just glad that you're here and you're safe. And and what do you uh, really spend your time doing? And she said that she worked at a baby cafe USA. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, uh, okay, now this was several years ago. And I said, I guess I I know what a cafe is. I guess I thought I know. <laughs> and I know what breastfeeding is. But what on earth is uh, Baby Cafe USA? And so I'm going to pose that question to you today. Can you tell our guests who might not have lived in a state where there is one yet, what is a baby cafe? Okay, so a baby cafe is a free drop-in breastfeeding support site staffed with um, trained breastfeeding professionals, including IBCLCs, CLCs, and uh, assortment of other approved um, counselors. Okay. They are they're most often funded by um, supporting organizations such as hospitals, departments of public health, uh, family medical centers, um, some pediatric offices, uh, WIC programs. But they are basically a free 
drop-in breastfeeding support site. And they all follow a set standard that is designed by Baby Cafe USA. Oh, I want to hear about this set standard. Okay, so in the way this all started was as, as I was practicing as a private lactation consultant in Wakefield, there were so many mothers who couldn't afford to come and pay for an IBCLC. And I have a history in my background of having been a La Leche League leader for a good many years. And I felt that if what we needed was the La Leche League uh, casual uh, drop-in kind of setup with a professional component added in. So in designing the Baby Cafe model, that's exactly what it is. It is a, um, a, if you can visualize a nice, comfortable living room with couches and other things around, but it also has an IBCLC there and there's a digital scale. Oh, nice. So when I, when I first proposed starting the first Baby Cafe, which the first one is in Melrose, Massachusetts, it's been running since 2006, I went to my hospital and I said, I have a great idea. I want to start this as a, a catchment area for when moms leave the hospital, they can go right to it the next week or in the next couple of days. Um, and it will be open once a week for a set period of time, and it will be dependable a dependable place for mothers to be referred to in a group setting. And so my hospital said, that's a great idea, go find money. And I had no idea how to do that because I'm, yeah. I am, I'm, I'm a private IBCLC, and my background is in pediatric nursing, and I've never been an administrator in a hospital. But there was a grant writer at the hospital who found a partial March of Dimes grant to open our first baby cafe that first year. And we opened it. It was in the basement of a church. It had steep stairs. The church would flood sometimes. The heating was <laughs> oh, was erratic at best. And we had donated furniture, some of which had the disguising um, sheets thrown over it because, you know, it's a little used furniture. And the mothers loved it. Loved it. We, we had no kitchen, yeah. so we had a little tea cart, and we always would boil water and serve tea and some snacks. And the mothers just adored it. And they came and went down the steep stairs, and they didn't care if the heat wasn't up, to have a, a place where they could get immediate intervention for breastfeeding crises as you know when breastfeeding emergencies happen they happen right then yep and to face a a plug nipple pour with 10 feedings coming down the road in the next 24 hours it's just so daunting for a mom so baby cafes created a space where mothers could access free care and at the same time, they made connection with other mothers in the community. Yes, that's so important. So the first one was so successful that the hospital next year, their maternity uh, department, we're a small community hospital, by the way, and we're a not-for-profit hospital, they decided to pick up the funding of it. And that was in 2007. And so then in 2008, I think it was, I decided to... Um, submit a poster at at the um, Ilka conference in Scottsdale, Arizona about our baby cafe. And I had all kinds of great pictures of the moms and 
um, I proposed the poster. It got accepted. It actually won the um, the research project award because at the same time, I decided it was important to start collecting data on what was happening at a baby cafe. Good so move. I started. Yep. So I started collecting demographic data on the moms I started figuring out with the help of I found I found a friend of a friend that actually designs data collection for oh, Verizon <laughs> Verizon of all things and okay. over over a beer he agreed to he said well I think I can help you out I can help design so he started to teach me and he started to help me design an Excel intake system to actually collect data from every baby cafe of what is going on. What are the exclusivity rates of the mothers who are showing up there? What are the issues they're showing up with? Um, and are they finding that the baby cafe is helpful? Is this helping solve their issues? So in collecting all this data, it began to open up a whole understanding about how we in the United States need to have really good, solid, robust data about what programs are working and what are not working and how to make our support actively work in our communities. Yeah, you know, Lucia, I think that you and I have both lived long enough to realize that nowadays, if you can't prove that something is is achieving the desired outcome, pretty much you're not going to get any money for it. Right. And then through my through my involvement, I um, so what happened was that poster was well-received and I ran a little info session and the session had standing room only. Oh, great. Never expected it. And what these IBCLC said to me is they came up to me and they said, this is what we want to do for mothers. Most of them were working in hospitals or in WIC programs, but they said they, as an IBCLC, they wanted to be able to follow mothers from pregnancy all the way through sure. weaning and sure. be, be the wise women in the community that are missing now and help create a an arena for them to successfully breastfeed for as long as they wanted to. Lucia, I really like the idea of the continuity of care. And there's another thing that I'm really curious about. I went on your website. I have seen the photos, which, by the way, mm-hmm. are very inviting. That's the only word I can think of. Oh, that's a uh, great description. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I'm thinking that some people won't go to see a, quote, professional, whoever that is, because they don't have the money. Some people don't want to uh, drive the distance. Some people don't believe in it. Some people, whatever. And some people won't go to La Leche League because they think that it's, as one woman said to me, oh, Maria, I can't believe you sent me there. It's all uh, gauze dresses and Birkenstocks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we used to oh. laugh about that. We said, if you oh. wear Birkenstocks and don't shave your legs That's and right. don't <laughs> And don't work. You're a perfect. Right. right. And La Leche League, as as wonderful as it is, they they did get a bad rap for a long time. And um, physicians who I spoke to in the area about places like La Leche League and other quote unquote support groups um, were never sure exactly what help the mother was actually getting. What kind of skill was she getting access to? Well, one of the things that occurs to me as I hear you talking about the baby cafe is that it's a relaxed environment 
which is kind of like La Leche League meeting, but it's a little more upsc- a little more upscale. Would that seem right? Yes, it, it is. It has a, um, well, it's a little more, so the way I like to phrase it to people is we have a backbone core of dependable standards. Oh, and around like that. that, on the surface of it, we create a model that is so flexible it can be used in a, such a wide variety of community sites. Um, when After that IBCLC presentation that I did, sorry, the ILCA presentation at the conference, I came back and in, in another year's time, there were a couple of other baby cafes that had opened. At that period of time, they were opening through the UK. The UK actually opened the first baby cafe um, about 12, 14, I don't know how many years ago, in the year 2000, so 18. That model is different from the USA model, but I know the people in the UK, and they have, through the years, they said, you know what, you need to start your own nonprofit in the U.S. because your model is designed so beautifully for the United States conditions. So we are we are autonomous from them, from Baby Cafe in the UK, which unfortunately is becoming a lot of their cafes have folded. They used to be government funded, and now the UK, with Brexit, has pulled out all their funding. I started a nonprofit called Baby Cafe USA, and that is what now, since 2011, has been we are the support organization and behind the promoting and developing of all the baby cafes we currently have. Yes. Yes, I hear you talking, and I'm thinking back to that woman that I met in Texas several years ago. I'm thinking that my conversation with her was like around 2012. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also just looked up on your site here uh, just before we went on the air, and there are, I think, relatively few. So talk to us about the number of sites that you have. Well, we have Baby Cafe USA has 113 now in 30 different states. Okay. So when you go on to the Baby Cafe USA website, and you do have to go into the USA site, which is separate from the UK site, um, it. when it on the left-hand sidebar, it says find a baby cafe. And when yeah. you click on that, all of the states come up with them. So with when we started with in 2011 when I started the nonprofit there were only 8 of them in the United States. So in 8 years we've gone from 8 to 113. To 130. Yeah, 113. Okay. But the, okay. the the number of states is exploding as well. And what's happened which is so exciting is that state departments of health have been using their CDC grant money uh to actually open them up. New York State has a plan to open up a baby cafe, at least one in every county. And there's now one on Staten Island, there's one in the Bronx, there's one in Harlem. Um, They're all over upstate New York, which is very rural and doesn't have any access. So it's Uh not just urban people of color who have difficulties breastfeeding. It's or it's or it's um, rural areas where women just have no access. Absolutely. 
That I, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I believe that there are studies out there that just talk about healthcare in general, not breastfeeding specific, about how rural areas are typically very underserved. And so good that you could recognize that, Lucia. Wow. Hey, so everybody, you're all going to stick around, right? Because Lucia and I are going to come back in just a few minutes and we are going to talk to you much more about this whole baby cafe thing. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with my special guest, Lucia Jenkins. Now, before Lucia and I tell you more about the Baby Cafe, which you absolutely want to know more about, believe me, I want to mention how Lucia was just saying that each one of those is staffed by at least one IBCLC. And this would be a good time for me to remind you that if you want to become an IBCLC, you will need to have all of your requirements met before November 15th of this year if you wish to sit for the exam in April, okay? And I'm saying this because so often people think that they can just sign up today and take the test tomorrow, and that's just totally not the way it works, okay? We get these calls at our office all the time with people being disappointed. So if you were ever thinking about being an IBCLC, I think that Lucia has just made a great case for how now there's another whole setting that will be, uh, in my mind, really interesting, really different, really new, and possibly a place where you would be able to fit in where Maybe you wouldn't want to fit into some other kind of setting. This might be just the place that you're looking for to take your, as as I like to say, going pro with uh, lactation. So keep that in mind. And if I can help, I offer 90-hour courses. We have them in person and online. They meet your uh, requirement for the 90 hours. You can call my office at 703-787-9894. You can also find me on the web. It's breastfeedingoutlook.com. That's breastfeedingoutlook.com. Let me know if we can help. So, Lucia, um, I want to know way more about this. I think that you alluded to this, but I want to nail this down a little bit better. We talked about la leche, and what we have not talked about is what I would call rocking away advice on the black porch. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, you've got a friend, she's breastfed her baby, that absolutely qualifies as support, but it's sort of not structured to support, and sometimes it's not accurate support, sometimes mm-hmm. it is, sometimes it isn't, but if you were to name just maybe two or three things that make the Baby Cafe really different in terms of any of the support groups. I'm thinking, too, of peer counselors at WIC. Now, that's a, again, mm-hmm. that's a little bit different model. Mm-hmm. So what two or three things would you say really distinguish the model that you've got? Okay. So first of all, um, one caveat about the, the staffing. Not all baby cafes have an IBCLC at that meeting. Oh, I'm we sorry. Have, okay. That's okay. We have three different tiers of baby cafes. Tier number one always has an IBCLC at every meeting. Got it. As an example, the Melrose Baby Cafe, that's the first in the country right down um, the street from me here in Melrose, we're open Wednesday nights and Friday mornings, and we always have an IBCLC at it. Um, and she's paid her her hourly wage that she's paid at the hospital as an IBCLC to also work at the baby cafe. Okay. okay. Then we have a tier two, which runs out of our WIC office, which is in the next town over. A tier two baby cafe has an IBCLC at it every other meeting. Uh-huh. So that baby cafe is open on Tuesday evenings. And I am there every other week. The weeks that I am not there, there is a CLC and a peer counselor. There are always two 
what we call alternative staff that Got the it. community has access to. There's always two alternative staff there, and they are paid their wages that they would be paid through the WIC office anyway as a CLC and as a peer counselor. Um, and then the tier th- but, but the IBCLC is there every other week. So, for instance, if a mom comes in and I'm not there, um, the, the leader at that meeting might say, you know what, I think what I'm looking at here might be a little bit of a tongue tie. Next week, um, Lucia's going to be here. I want you to come back next week so she can check it out a little more thoroughly. But I, in meanwhile, I'm going to show you some new positioning to help um, help with the sore no. nipples. I'm going to yep. guide you on how to treat the sore nipples, and let's make sure baby's getting enough. So the the CLC and the peer counselor together can help troubleshoot most issues. A tier three baby cafe is run every meeting by alternative staff, but in all cases, both tier two and tier three, they must have an IBCLC care available to the mother at no charge. I'll tell you how that works out. We have a tier three baby cafe at another WIC office that's run out of a family resource center in Everett. They get a lot of big immigrant population there. So, for instance, the moms who come in there, who they see, they say, you know what, I really think this kid has quite a bit of a tongue tie. Or I think think what I'm seeing on your nipple looks like it might be thrush. I am going to call our backup IBCLC. And I'm going to give you a phone number, and you're going to call the hospital where they will see you outpatient. So ah. we have a link in. Now, our hospital has has insurance billed IBCLC care available. So we always have that to offer to a mother in any baby cafe situation. Okay. In areas where the hospital might not have an IBCLC outpatient department, when they open a baby cafe, they also say, we will see any mother who needs to be seen from the baby cafe here. We will just manage to meet them. Let's say they don't even have a formal outpatient department. But it I- always works out where um, the sponsoring organization who's setting up the baby cafe has to agree to provide the mother with free IBCLC care, or as we say, IBCLC care at no charge to the at mother. No charge. Okay, sure. We have, we have a couple of situations where um, there aren't any hospital IBCLCs in the area, and the baby cafe finds an IBCLC, a private IBCLC in the area, and she's agreement and agrees to see any major case at no mandated charge to the mother, she can ask for a donation. Lucia, I find that interesting because at the beginning of the episode, you told us that it had to be an IBCLC at a hospital, and I, or at least you implied that, and here, what I hear you saying is that's usually the case. But it could be somebody outside of a hospital. I'm thinking, for instance, of someone like myself. I'm not at a hospital right now, but could I be that person? Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm sorry I inferred that about hospitals because the majority of sure. the 113 baby cafes are run out of hospitals. And it's they're usually 
driven, the hospitals are being driven in the United States now to really get breastfeeding rates up in the drive to become baby friendly. So many of them, this does satisfy step 10 of baby friendly. Absolutely. So they usually have an IBCLC on site. Um, or at least they have access to them. So that's why most of the baby cafes have no difficulty providing IBCLC care of some sort. But, but it sounds like the main difference would be that if the IBCLC is hospital-based, there's a high likelihood she's going to get paid for her time, whereas if she's not at the hospital, the, the pay is probably maybe not coming at all. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, okay. And and that is true. And I the the IBCLCs who are like you, as you say, if you were a private IBCLC and said, "Hey, I really want to serve this community." Sure. I see plenty of moms who come, and their insurance pays for it out outright. But I would be glad to see. Let's say, well, here in Massachusetts, we have something called Mass Health. And um, that's that's subsidized health care. So if there's a woman who's on mass health and her program doesn't cover any kind of lactation care, but she comes to the baby cafe and she really, really could use a one on one um, for let's say she's at the baby cafe that there's no IBCLC and we didn't have one at the hospital. A private IBCLC could agree to troubleshoot. Sure. those extra patients. And to tell you the truth, there really aren't very many of them. There are, at least in the New England area, we have such good access to health care that um, the problems that come up at baby cafes are pretty easy to get to. Even your pediatrician has some knowledge. When you look at areas that are really what we call food deserts, for instance, down in uh, the oh, Delta yeah. in Mississippi. Oh, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, those those areas, which, by the way, Mississippi has 12 baby cafes now. Really? Yep. Okay. And they were they were driven by a, the Massas- Mississippi Department of Public Health that applied for a big grant through the CDC. And in the application for the grant, their their um, details of the grant were they intend on opening baby cafes in communities of color to be staffed by breastfeeding consultants, IBCLCs, CLCs, peer counselors, community transformers, that's Rose's organization. Oh, um, uh-huh. Women of color who are breastfeeding skilled and savvy. And their intention is to create the the really the community liaison that can help these women who normally don't seek out IBCLC yep. appointments at a hospital, yep. for instance, to give them a, a, a running line of access so that they know that their like-minded community people are all doing this with them. So, Lucia, you are... Uh, Right on target for what my next question was, you we're talking about money, and you said mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show that hospitals, Department of Health, offices, WIC, all that kind of thing, uh, CDC, all of those are possible funders. Okay, that's so that's the source. I get that. But what kind of money does it cost to open the baby cafe in the first place? I'm so glad you asked this. <laughs> so we, we truly are a very grassroots nonprofit organization. I have okay. six board members. 
Um, they are all unpaid. Nobody gets paid. I don't get paid um, as an executive director. Um, we keep the fees for baby cafes to $750 to open and license, get your first initial wow. license. Wow. That includes That includes a two-hour webinar training, which I do to teach the staff how to run the baby cafe. Yep. Okay, so you get a lot and that's you get you get a license, you get access to the website, which is we have a wonderful resource bank that all the facilitators have access to that we have lots of documents, templates, everything from press releases to so that a person opening a baby cafe really doesn't have to do any work. So for $750 and the application is free, for $750 you get your stuff in place. Your application is approved, you become licensed, the training is done, and now you go live on the website. All you have to do is collect data, which you're responsible for doing, and we train you how to do that. How to do and that. you okay. and you renew your license every year for $150. Well, that's pretty reasonable. When you first started talking about this, I thought, oh, it's going to take, you know, gobs and Mm -hmm. gobs of money. But Mm -hmm. that's really very reasonable. So tell me this. Uh, I think you've helped us to understand what a baby cafe. Go ahead. So, so for instance, when a woman contacts me or a person contacts me about we'd like to set up a baby cafe, how much should we budget minimum? Like, for instance, we have one that runs out of a soup kitchen in Buffalo, New York. They go into the shelters and they get the pregnant families to come in. They feed them a meal. Every day they feed a meal. And so I tell organizations to budget minimum $1,000 to open one up because that includes maybe doing a little printing of flyers and putting them up at the libraries and the YMCA's. Okay, that's sure. that's pretty, but that's because seven hundred and fifty is the fee to license it, and maybe a couple of extras for maybe for the grand opening for a cake for because uh, we always have a grand opening, a little you know, celebration. Cake, yeah. cake is always involved, <laughs> and okay. so for that, and then the running costs of the baby cafe can be very very low. If we have a couple of baby cafes that annual budget is seriously, it's about $500 because the people who run it either volunteer or they are being already paid at the job that they're at. So we have one that's opened in the Colorado Milk Bank. The woman, the IBCLC, who is opening the baby cafe there, she's already working at the milk bank during her hours, so she doesn't get paid twice. It's just part of the budget that was already in there for this person. Sure. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. WIC offices the same way. They often have a CLC on site who does calls and interventions with moms, and she moves over for the afternoon to the baby cafe room and runs that for two hours. So it can be very, very inexpensive to run. The average, and this we have an annual report every year on our website, the annual cost for, the, for an average baby cafe currently out of the 113 is 11000 a year. And that includes the ones where IBCLCs are paid their hourly wage from the hospital to run the baby cafe. So for $11,000, a healthy, robust hospital can open up a program like this. Wow. 
All I can say is you have had a huge vision. You have made, I'm sure, a huge difference in many people's lives. And I'm just kind of hanging on your last, every last word here because I'm thinking, wow, my hat is so off to you. So for all those of you who are listening to Lucia talk about this really great idea that she had that she brought to fruition, don't go away because we will both be back right after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894 and ask for your bulk discount. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Born to be Breastfed. I'm your host, Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with Lucia Jenkins, who is the executive director of the uh, Baby Cafe USA. 
And before we move on, I would just like to remind you that I have a new website. I know, I know, I've said this the last few weeks, but it's still new to me, so I'm going to tell you it's new to you, and it is mariebiancuzzo.com. That's M-A-R-I-E-B-I-A-N-C-U-Z-Z-O, mariebiancuzzo.com. Please visit us there. I am going to be rolling out some really cool stuff, and you want to be part of that. So if you want to be a Marie Cuzo insider, got to go, got to sign up there in order to get your freebies. So, Lucia, you've talked to us about what a baby cafe is, but what's a baby cafe cluster? This is a new term for me. Okay, so um, as we've as I've created Baby Cafe USA from the beginning, it has we've added components that turned out to be necessary as as the uh, the cafes developed across the United States. So a Baby Cafe cluster is a group of five, a maximum five baby cafes that are all staffed by the same pool of staff. Oh, and I'll uh-huh. give you I'll give you an example. They are less expensive to open. Um, so, for instance, San Antonio, the city of San Antonio, has five WIC offices that each have a baby cafe running out of them. They are open. Actually, they encompass six days of the week. There is an access point for mothers to come and get free breastfeeding help from IBCLCs that staff them. The Baby Cafe cluster has one lead cafe. That was the first one that was opened. And then as they found it necessary, they added the other ones onto it. We only charge $200 to license an, an added-on Baby Cafe as opposed to the $750 for the lead cafe. Okay. So and and the um, renewal licensing fee is only a hundred dollars. So we made it possible for communities to use their resources that they had in place. Let's say they had a thriving, robust baby cafe running, and they said, "We want to open one up in the library on the other side of town. We now have one on Wednesday mornings. We'd like to open up one on." Thursday evenings for the working moms. So they can add that cafe on. It, it, it gets its own website presence and they staff it with people that they already have been trained or they might add on. Let's say they say, we've got a CLC in the area. I'd like to have her um, run it one day and I'll be there the next day. So we help the community use their resources, what they have in place, and without, with very little added cost, expand their program. Nice, nice. And so, so we have quite a few clusters where, where um, a lead baby cafe might be down the street from a hospital, but then that same place wants to open one up at a, a library. As I said, a lot of libraries are opening them up, which is wonderful. Wonderful. Or they, or they find like a. Um, even we we joke about it. We say, "How cool would it be to have one in a Starbucks?" But there actually there actually is um, Giuliani Coffee House down in North Carolina. I think it's North Carolina. They have one that runs out of a coffee house, and it's a community coffee house where they do things like they have play groups for babies and stuff. And they run a baby cafe, but it's paid for by the local hospital. It's oh, a wonderful okay. way to have like a presence right there. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, so they're very innovative, and, and um, when people dream up 
places to run a baby cafe, like at a health start, uh, um, what do they call it, head start programs, oh, sure. uh-huh. any, any place where mothers and babies are already gathering in yeah. a community is a likely spot. Uh, I'm going to just tell the audience that uh, if you go to babycafeusa.org, I will repeat that. It's B-A-B-Y-C-A-F-E-U-S-A dot org. You will see that there's all sorts of information on the main menu. Uh, What is Baby Cafe USA? Find a baby cafe. Hello, that would be you. All right, visiting, breastfeeding help, setting up, and so forth and so on. There's tons of stuff there, whether you are a mother or whether you are a person who wants to be uh, staffing it. And it looks to me even as though, I didn't look at this one that says funding, but just quick, quick, uh, Lucia, if an individual person wants to give a donation, do you accept donations? Yes, we do. We have a, a donation button. We also have a Facebook page. Okay, Okay. Um, and we have a Twitter site. Oh, um, good. We, we did just get a social media person who's having lots of fun um, bursting forth all of the information about Baby Cafe. But, yes, you can certainly give us donations. Um, we do have a, a scholarship fund. One thing we didn't talk about, um, Marie, which is, which is new, which we started in the last three years, we have a mentoring program, a curriculum set up to be run on-site at baby cafes for people who need the face-to-face counseling time to perhaps sit for the exam. They've got a lot of their book book knowledge. They've got their understanding. The actual looking at babies, assessing babies um, can happen at a baby cafe. And it, it, um, we have, I think we have nine students and particularly we have um, a couple of women of color down in Mississippi Nice. who are are training themselves at a baby cafe and they work under the IBCLC sure sure we uh, have lots of we have a whole set of skills and that fee is a sliding scale it starts at a hundred dollars it's fifty dollars to start the program and fifty dollars to end because basically there's no extra work done by anybody the student does her own reading um, she shows up and volunteers at every baby cafe. So it's a win-win for the baby yeah, cafe. Everybody. I was just I thinking have, that. Yeah. Yes. I, have two, yes. I have two students, for instance. One is a midwife who breastfed all of her own children. She is a CNM, but she wants to become an IBCLC. So she's been volunteering with me. It takes about 18 months. Sure. To get all of your your hours, but hours, she's yeah. she's learning about tongue ties and she's learning about you know a lot of other stuff, watching hands on and following the lead about how to appropriately counsel breastfeeding women face to face. Yeah, that's a lot of win win. So mm-hmm. talking about wins here, Lucia, you mentioned statistics, gathering and mm-hmm. collecting statistics. All of that is well and good, but. What I want to know is, what have you found about the effectiveness as you have looked at those statistics? Okay, so when we talk about statistics, we collect um, the demographics, the numbers of people who are coming. But we also started about two years into this, I wanted to do something that collect more information that currently is really hard to get in the United States. So when a mother first comes to a baby cafe, the very first time she walks in, she signs in on a registration sheet. It's very simple. 
I keep it very simple because I know how hard it is to be juggling a baby who's screaming, who just pooed his diaper, and you're coming in, you've got <laughs> yep. your, your diaper bag hanging off your arm, and you've got a stroller <laughs> yep. in another direction. So they sign in only once when they come in, just their first name, baby's first name. They put down their goal for breastfeeding. How long are you planning on breastfeeding? And then we ask them if they, you know, just a couple questions. How did you find out about us? Blah, blah. So sure. that that registration sheet is kept by the leader of the baby cafe. And by the way, this is all HIPAA compliant. I sure. ran this through our um, IRB program and it was approved. It's it, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's um, voluntary information. She also puts down a contact point, an email or a phone number. When the baby is a year old or older, the leader of the cafe reaches out to the mother to survey her. And she, she, of course, we don't get every mother this way because a lot of mothers leave. You never see them again. Right. Maybe they came only once. Telephone um, number changed, all right. that. But yep, we, reach, yep. we reach a fair number of them. And she's asked a set of questions, including, did you use formula? When did you start? When did you end? How long are you breast? Is the baby still being breastfed? If you've weaned, what was your major reason for weaning? Um, how did you rate Baby Cafe? And did we solve the first problem that you came with? Ooh. So we take all of that data, and out of that data, um, the mo- one of the crucial points that I was trying to get to was how successful are we at helping mothers meet their goal? How successful were we at helping them extend their goal through education and support? And how successful were we at helping mothers reach the AAP guideline of mm. 12 months of breastfeeding? Sure. So through all of those, those survey answers that we have, we, have, a, we have, um, have pulled together a paper, a, re, a research paper that we are in the process of getting ready to publish. And pulling out all of that data, we ran it through all the necessary p-values, and it does have a positive p-correlation nice. for attending a baby cafe more than five times as compared to less than five times, has a positive effect on helping mothers reach their goal and extend their goal and reach it to 12 months. So the moral of the story there is that just dropping in once may or may not be helpful. Yes. But but dropping in five times or more is more likely to help them to reach or exceed their goal. Right. And the yeah, reason why sense. the reason the reason why I picked five times because I've been asked this is I went into the AAP guidelines for pediatricians, uh-huh. and they they are expected to have or recommended to have five visits for feeding check ins in the first six months of life. Okay. If you remember those crucial times, two weeks, did you regain birth weight? Right. Um, right. Six weeks, you've just gone through your first, first horrendous growth spurt. spurt. Yep, three, yep. three months, now the baby is super efficient and you don't know how to tell if this baby's getting enough because their behavior is really weird and they weird. wiggle on your lap and you just <laughs> yeah. don't know how to interpret them. And then six months, getting ready to start food, food. going back to work. These are all crises points in breastfeeding that lead to a lot of gap time. And so I, I highlight that three-month time frame, which is very interesting. It is the time that most mothers start supplementing 
And due to, according to um, a California study out of USLCA, I mean, US, I forget the, the uh, university that did it. Um, oh, Davis? Yes, Davis. Thank uh-huh. you. Uh-huh. That pointed, they were looking at the Hispanic population in particular who end up supplementing definitely around three months. And it was due to interpretation of the baby's signals. signals. When yep. the baby is wiggling at three months, the mother has no idea the baby just got fully fed in four minutes of breastfeeding. Yeah. So she keeps trying to put the baby to the breast and the baby protests and her automatic assumption is, I don't have enough milk. Absolutely. So they start Absolutely. supplementing. So by having scales at the baby cafes, the most wonderful thing, and I've heard this so many, so many times, the mother will weigh the baby, feed the baby, and then weigh the baby again and go say, holy moly, you just took in three and a half ounces? You were only breastfeeding for like six minutes. Right. And so we talk about there are other mothers in the room that say, oh, my gosh, that happened to me, too. Isn't it amazing? She's like cut down to four minutes of nursing. I swore she wasn't getting enough. Yeah. So we help. Very efficient. Just by being there, though, at that time frame, it helps moms just weather through these these odd feeding patterns, these vagaries. Babies are so complicated and helps them stay on track. Um, also, having come more than five times helps moms really get to see, hopefully, a mother across the room who's sitting there with an eight-month-old on her lap. And she says, oh, my gosh, I was only going to breastfeed for six months, but I want that. That is so cool. Look how that baby just popped on and popped off. And now that baby's crawling on the floor, playing with friends, and goes wah, wah, and wiggles back over to mom's lap, hops up, has a little snack, hops back down. For mothers to witness this, to see mothers mothering right in front of them, it changes their their expectations and their sense of, of competence in themselves. Absolutely. And Lucia, I think that's probably true for anything, whether it's breastfeeding or knitting, uh, knitting. knitting or uh, being on the parallel bars or anything. You know, you look at somebody else doing something and you say, wow, I'd like to do that. I could do that. If she can do that, I can do that. And that is just such a gigantic piece that you... Uh, in America, I think it's hard to get that. And it sounds to me like Baby Cafe has done a brilliant job of helping other mothers to model that without really making an effort to model that. They're just being who they are. Right, so, right. And anyway. we we were talking about a little bit earlier about the, the discrepancies in the United States between women of color having less access, our Native American population, low breastfeeding rates. What is the problem here? You know, when you can even have, even down in Mississippi, they report that, well, we've got places for women to go to. They've got OB appointments to go to that they don't show up at. We've got family health centers that people don't show up at. And I really have have been thinking about this over the last couple of weeks, and I believe it is an inherent trait of, of and an instinct for women when they give birth to look for a mother figure to go to for advice, recommendations, someone they can trust. And I think that we're, we've kind of missed the point that the mother figure should look like the mother and her, her community of people. So we have to be careful when we're offering care. 
Lucia, I need to stop you right there because, of course, this hour always goes much, much too fast. But I would like to thank all of you for listening today. And I would like to thank my special guest, Lucia Jenkins, who is the executive director of Baby Cafe USA. Don't miss it. Find one in your community. Go love it. Enjoy it. And be grateful that Lucia has created such a wonderful thing. Lucia, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, you're very welcome, and thank you, Marie. I love what I'm doing, and I just have to say to all the lactation consultants out there and wannabes, it is a wonderfully rich and rewarding way to care for moms and babies. It's just been just so, so rewarding for me. Alrighty then. Uh, thank you so much. And for all of you who are listening out there, just remember today is today, but there's the week ahead. And I will talk <laughs> with you next week on Born to be Breastfed. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. So have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.